welcome back to Hey Hunter Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and KC. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFpod. Follow us on Instagram. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt on the gram. Uh, drop us a line by email. That is HeyEintrachtFrankfurt at gmail.com. You can always drop us a line whenever you like. Uh, there and on Facebook, facebook.com slash HEFpod. All the latest news and information in the English language all in one convenient location can be found there. And sometimes when well, there's no good news, uh, as we have on this episode, and when it comes to the most recent Bundesliga action, sometimes it's best to just get get on with it and go to the panel that we have assembled today. So, first up in the Motor City, it is Chris in Detroit. Elio. Hey, Brian. What's happening? Um, you know. You enjoying that hockey playoffs over there? Uh, yeah. So it's about to, the puck drop is about to happen on my beloved Colorado Avalanche to out myself in case anyone had no idea. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the puck to drop on that despite uh, all a whole bunch of extra hockey action going on but we're not here to talk about the nhl or our teams who are in the playoffs or some of our teams who are in the playoffs <laughs> matt in new is. york hey bud how's it going man good buddy good good to be on <laughs> uh boy it's only good when uh, we have a whole lot of gripes to uh bring up for the eintracht isn't it eintracht took on uh, kind of reserved Bundesliga action would be uh, kind of par for the courses. Eintracht took on Leverkusen. Again, we talked uh, off air at how much we really suck when it comes to playing against Leverkusen in Leverkusen. And uh, us trotting out the reserves didn't help us at all. 2-0 loss. Um, in terms of the amount of squad rotation, you had uh, Kostic only playing 45 minutes. Jakic playing the full 90. You had Indika playing the full 90. You had Kevin Trapp playing the full 90. You had Tuta playing the 45. You had So playing, what, like 17. You had Kamada playing 8. You had Knauf playing 45. Everyone else is basically rested. And uh, with good reason to think as, uh, yeah, the second leg of the Europa League semifinal is about to be played. Kind of important stuff that we're doing on that one. But uh, I'll kind of let Chris take the first whack at this because I think, Matt, you're going to – I think you've got a big, bigger bone to chew on. <laughs> All right. So – Let's be real. Nobody really expected us to come out as world beaters. We weren't going to win that. Anybody who put their money on it was just pissing it away, in my opinion. Um, but I think we expected a little more fight. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we came out and said, this match doesn't matter, and we laid an egg. Who was that against? Uh, can't even remember anymore. What do you own? This, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and this one was even worse. Um we didn't expect anything good, and to be honest, there was literally nothing good to talk about. But I think if you could ask Kevin Trapp, he'd ask for at least one of those goals back. 
especially the first one. He got a good chunk of it, just couldn't stop it. But I'm never going to blame him when you're when he's facing down the shooter one on one. We got to be better in the box. Um, you know, I, I'm not happy about the result, but all we really cared about was staying healthy. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more rotation there. You kind of touched on who played, who didn't. I thought a couple guys saw too much of the pitch and a couple didn't see nearly enough. I don't know why Lammers didn't start. Um, and you know, Barcock, I know he's leaving soon, but Hey, put him out there. You know, maybe he can help us in these last couple weeks, especially keeping other guys healthy, but yeah, I've already moved on. My eyes are on Thursday. I don't have a lot on this one. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I just want to sit here and as much want to say, you know, this was just a whatever kind of game, you know. I mean, I was pretty much working throughout the whole game. I was watching for sure, but I wasn't really, like, getting fussy or anything like that. Like, when the goals happened, I was just like, whatever. Like, it wasn't, like, a terrible goal. At least it was, they were all good goals from Bayer Leverkusen. They're obviously a great team. Um, but I'm going to dig a little bit more deeper here for the listeners because I just feel like it today. Um, not that I don't feel like it usually, but given that extra effort, today, <laughs> <laughs> I like to go above and beyond here, but like you, you, we put, you put it out, um, Brian, like we suck at playing a Bayer Leverkusen and let me just, let me just share with you a couple score lines that have happened recently while we play in Leverkusen, a three, one loss, a six, one loss. A 4-1 loss, a 3-0 loss, another 3-0, a 6-1, a 4-0, a 4-1, a 3-1, and then today, a 2-0. We suck there. Plain and simple. <laughs> there's nothing There's nothing else to it. I mean, it's you may as well just draw the loss. It, it, it doesn't matter. You sometimes have that. That's our kryptonite or whatever the hell it is. Uh, that is our biggest, weakest thing. So... It's, it, it is what it is. But regarding the team itself with the lineups, I mean, I'm, I'm glad a couple of youngsters got the, got the start. I mean, Hustich, happy he got the start. He had a lot of great, you know, moments that he looked good. He had a lot of really, really shitty looking moments. But I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, at least these guys are getting, getting, you know, game time against Leverkusen. Also, who's, you know, kind of fighting for, uh, Champions League a little bit, not alone to have one of the hottest strikers in the Bundesliga right now with Patrick Schick. But, you know, with that being said, Hasebe, great to see him in the lineup, but <sighs> that age is catching up to him, boys. And, uh, and uh, it's, 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 it looked a little rough. I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's just because it's rusty because he hasn't played at all. I don't even think he's played yet this year, like this count, this 2022 year. Um, and then, you know, I'm glad Indica played. So he got his form kind of back because he missed, you know, Last Thursday's game, he'll be like mentally, he'll be, I mean, not everyone will be mentally ready, but he'll especially be mentally ready because he'll feel like he has to make up for, you know, missing the game last Thursday against West Ham. Um, Paciencia had a few couple moments. I mean, you know, we, we just love him. You know, he, I love that he got the start over Lammers, but I do feel like Lammers should have at least played a little bit. He wasn't even on the bench. Oh, no, he was. He did get, did get subbed in. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm shocked that DaCosta didn't play, you know, like even though it's official, he's going to Mainz now. I feel like he should have played, um, Timmy Chandler. I mean, we love Timmy, you know, but like, I just felt like, you know, DaCosta could have definitely been a little bit better on that side. Um, JPH, I felt like was kind of there 
at certain points and not really, but he didn't seem like really motivated because he knew like none of us kind of wanted to go into this, in, into this game fully, you know, hurrah, let's like kind of do this. Let's get a win out of this. I think we're looking to get a tie, but like I said, we just historically suck at Bayer Leverkusen. And by the way, that when I was reading off that stat, that was dating back from like December 20th of 20, what is that? 20, 2008. So. Ugh. So Go. on that note, I mean, what is it about that arena? It's never extraordinarily loud or hostile. Um, it, like the conditions aren't crazy there. It's only a couple hours up the road. No wild travel. Why do we just struggle so badly there? I mean, I, I've looked at their home record. It's good. It's above average for a home record in the league. But why on earth do we struggle to not just score goals there, but prevent more than like I as far as that record you just listed Matt allowing only two goals there is a good day for right us. like that's the best goal line we had at there recently the best one I could argue is either the 4-1 or the 3 nothing. I would argue the the 4-1 because we actually scored a goal mind you you know the one it's pretty the bad. one goal that we always can see because we can't save a clean sheet to save our lives um but, you know, Kevin Trapp looked good, too. I mean, I'm, I, I like keepers playing in that game. You know, I just – because you got to keep their form in. You know, he's literally playing like he's the best keeper. No, he is the best keeper in the world right now. But he's playing like it, you know. So, I'm glad you should kind of keep that form in there. Um, I'm glad Hinty didn't play. I'm glad he got the rest because um, he definitely looks like he needs a rest every single time he's on the pitch. Um, and then, I'm, I mean – I'm just weirded out how, you know, Knauf or no, how Barcock, Da Costa, and even Ilzanker didn't, you know, get a lot of playing time uh, against Leverkusen. But, you know, I'm not OG. I'm not Oliver Glasner. So, but, you know, I don't want to, don't yeah. want to say anything bad anymore because, you know, obviously things are lo- looking really good right now for us. I absolutely do not want to look ahead too much, but I've just got to think there's something in his mind about, no, I'm, I'm not going to look that far ahead yet. We're right. going to touch on that later. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there there are more matches to play before a potential final, and I've just got to think there's something in his mind about resting people then. Like maybe if maybe if we were tied going into Thursday, we would have seen that 100% rotation we were all begging for. Maybe he's looking further ahead since we are going into that with a one-goal lead and saying, you know what? We're going to keep rhythm more than we're going to rest. Exactly. And that's sometimes all about sports is, you know, you got to keep the rhythm. You don't want to screw up the momentum, which is, you know, having Kevin Trapp back there is great. And 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 Dika playing the full 90 is awesome, too, because, you know, obviously he missed that whole Thursday game against uh, West End because yeah. that's suspension. So I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all for these, you know, moves. I just wish, you know, he put maybe if I were to be a critic here, which obviously we are, we're official like critics. <laughs> that no one should listen to that, you know, who should, should definitely like, you know, be stepped up a little bit more. Be he, if anything, he should have stepped up by Acha. Then we could have put like Barcock in the center there, even though he's more of a winger. Um, I mean, coin flip on Tuta and Ilzanker, but I mean, you know, depending how we feel, because I obviously Tuta played the full 90 against uh, West Ham, but he missed the second leg against Barcelona. So like you, I don't know how you want to keep that form going. 
um, because he technically had his rest already. Jakic full 90 is also kind of weird to me. Maybe we're switching it up and playing Gota instead of Jakic along so, which I wouldn't be shocked to see in the lineup. Um, But we'll talk a little bit about that once we get to that point. Um, But... Yeah, I think, I mean, Kostic playing the full wing, he's such an effective player. You just have to play him in there, you know, especially because, you know, depending how this, how this ends for us in the Europa League, because I, I'm really, I really think if we go Champions League, he's going to stay with us. But, but if we don't, you know, he's going to move on. And I think, you know, we just kind of want to make sure that, uh, hey, you know, we're behind, like, I think the T, all of our guys, I was like, hey, we're behind you. Like, either way, we want you to play a little bit more. Look, look at these fans. Like, I'm just like, hopefully you feel the culture more and more because we really want to keep you here. Um, but then again, that's optimistic thinking. You know, I'm going to put this out there. Um, looking back at the schedule for just a few weeks here, um, the matchup against Greutefurt right before Barcelona leg one, nil, nil draw. Uh, Freiburg we lost to before the win in Barcelona. We had a, a 2-2 outing before the first West Ham match and a very uninspired 2-0 loss to Union after Barcelona two weeks uh, or 10 days ahead of West Ham. My point being, there's no rhyme or rhythm to this the, the mental mindset of this team. It's not like we have to be playing well the week before to get a result. If anything, this is where that moody diva personality that we can't shake may come into our favor because we're just really good at looking past a poor result on the weekend and taking care of business. If anything, we're controlling the moody diva because we're having the the Bundesliga being a completely different season as the Europa League right now. Like you can clearly tell we're done with the Bundesliga since we drew Barcelona. Like see you later. Like, well, you know, screw that. The diva likes to dress. The diva likes to dress up. We've just given up on that at this point. We're saying, Hey, this is the ugly face. No makeup. Fuck it. This is me. No filter. Um, you get what you get in the league, and then we're going to put on all the shiny makeup and the bells and whistles for the Europa League. And so far, it's worked. I mean, so, yeah, two more. we have two more games in the Bundesliga. It's like we're going to get relegated. We're not going to get the Europa Conference League right. game here. Like, we're, we're going to be smack dag in the middle of, you know, Bundesliga, which is fine, you know. And we got to think, uh, you know, European Cup here, European Championship. If we do that through Europa, like, who knows what we can do with um, in the summer transfer, let alone actually do with the Champions League. Because if we're shocking the world like this right now, which we've been consistent doing in a European stage who knows what we can do with the big boys Len, and actually I'm, I don't want to say it because I don't want to get far ahead don't talk about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stopped myself there because honestly like these past couple days I was just like okay like I'm super excited like getting ready for this game Ryan cut him off <laughs> <laughs> and then oh it just sucked in today where I'm like fuck this game's out on Thursday here we go well, I mean, let's put it this way. Uh, I was so unfocused on the match itself. I was actually uh, looking back uh, during halftime for the final match of the U19 side. Now, Eintracht will have its reserve side out for uh, next season available. And for me, uh, there was a tiny bit of me that was like, damn it, I really wish that we could like pull, like have – been able to almost throw out one or two of the uh, U19 guys that, you know, probably deserve a run out at this point. Like, it, that is how much of a reserve kind of act, rear guard action everything seemed. And I don't know. Here's like something that I've been thinking on. Um, 
Knauf is great out on the right. Uh, we need someone to kind of, we think we might have found the guy to take over for, to at least be Kostic's backup, if not uh, take over for Kostic out on the left. Uh, but why don't we give a chance to one of our academy kids? Uh, I mean, because I think, <laughs> I think point, it, can't, it can't hurt at this point. The difference is, I feel There's like contractual issues, and contractual issues, one and like Bayern Munich, Dortmund, 17 year old players are playing on the second team. You know, they're not playing under the on the U19 teams, you know. I mean, yes, they're 19. Maybe they trotted developed. out a freaking what, like 17 year old uh, Englishman against yeah. uh, Bochum at the weekend. And what did Bochum do? One, Bochum. Three, two. Won the derby. Yeah, so I mean, I think I I think that's the difference between our youth program and you know minus one player boys. There's yeah. literally I'm only I'm only tapping up one uh, player from the U19 side, and I think everyone knows who I'm talking about. Correct, but I mean, and, he's also had experience before from last year. You know, so he's this is like his second season, but yeah. it's 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 different because you don't see like. Not that I want to compare us to, you know, Leipzig, but Leipzig doesn't feel like a 17-year-old player, you know? They don't have that strong of a youth program either. Yes, they're a corporate kind of team, but they don't They have buy that. youth to, quote, they, breed them. And let's be real, you know, I say breed because in the Red Bull system, I mean, shucks, how many of those guys actually came through uh, Salzburg? I mean, you know, you even have guys who are coming through into the Leipzig side that are coming through New York, the other one of the other uh, Red Bull clubs, and it's really kind of unfair for everybody. I mean, shoot, I think they they uh, they even have like a Red Bull like Brazil side that's now in the Brazilian top division that they could technically pop in and just pick off whomever that they really want, and uh, kind of it. It pisses me off, but you know, I'll get over it at some point in time. Yeah, it's a different business model, and it's working for them. I also want nothing to do with that model. So, whatever works for them, good for them. They're plastic and fake as fuck, and I'm glad that's not us. I totally agree with that. I'm just gonna, you know, I just, I just pointed out that we've at least got one. A decent gem that seems to be in our youth academy. And I'd like that kid to have a chance eventually. And if he needs to play in... I mean, I I guess... Going back to a couple weeks when Roman was on and I asked him, what is the status of like your typical uh, Hessian Liga side? And he said, oh, it's going to be bad. It's rough. Like, what they are hoping for is to immediately get promoted to the regional Liga so that they can at least play against, you know, fellow professionals, fellow uh, other reserve teams that, you know, are developing the same kind of guys that we want to be able to develop. I mean, because if you look at Freiburg, Freiburg is currently got, you know, uh, a system very established uh, over there. But the thing is, like, they actually have guys that are getting promoted from that uh, from that reserve team that's currently playing in the Dritta Liga, and unless I'm like very much mistaken, uh, will be in the Dritta Liga for another season. Like, I think they've already secured their uh, spot in the third division. But 
they are developing and sending their players on to the senior team. And guess what? That senior team is about to qualify for the Champions League, guys. We can we can kind of use this as a ca- uh, unique opportunity to look at the uh, Esta Bundesliga table, if we will, uh, currently, because Leipzig... Uh, decided to lay an egg a little bit like us on Monday, losing 3-1 to Gladbach. Well, you know, shocks can happen at all times, even when you're uh, led by uh, Benedict, uh, level of a scumbag coach. Anywho's, <laughs> uh, Freiburg had a wonderful 3-4 victory over Hoffenheim. I mean, coming from like 2-1 down to end up winning... Four to three, they kind of gave up a much later goal, but you know, that put the pressure on Leipzig to kind of trot out a more full strength team to be able to make sure that they get the top five. And guess what? Freiburg, their opposition at the DFA Pokal final, uh, they're one point above, and it's kind of awesome that a historical team, well, maybe not like Eintracht historical, but a rather historical team within and traditional team within the Bundesliga framework will have been able to qualify for the Champions League and not be someone that's called Wolfsburg or Leverkusen, who are you know if you look at who that, are helped by huge parent clubs, uh, parent companies. Excuse me. If you look at that Leipzig schedule to close things out um, against Augsburg and Armenia Bielefeld, uh, I think those two would love to play spoiler and hold Leipzig back from Champions League qualification. I don't see it happening. The other will still be playing for the Bundesliga survival. Yeah, they're playing for survival. Augsburg is playing. uh, They're safe from that relegation zone, but they have the potential to play spoiler. They have some good players that could put the ball in the net if they want to, and Leipzig might have an eye towards that that Pokal finale too. There's no guarantee going into either one of those. Mm, it's it's honestly it's really weird if you're in Leipzig's position, you know, you want to really to keep yourself kind of going full pelt. You need that Champions League position. Then again, you're also like so long as you don't lose, you're in the Euro a European final, and you're also in your second uh, German Cup final in what practically what as many years. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. Like where where they're in, and yet they could have the most calamitous of calamitous uh, moments in that they might be in like two two finals, lose both, and not make the Champions League. I mean, that would make us Bundesliga purists more than a little bit happy. Needless to uh, say. Um, question, question, hypothetically here speaking. If if Freiburg is fourth and gets a Champions League spot, Leipzig goes and wins a Champions League spot. Do Köln go to Europa and Union go to the Conference League? Oh, uh, so if so, Freiburg's currently in the Champions League uh, for if Leipzig wins the Europa League. You mean? Correct. Okay. Okay, so they would go into the Champions League. So we would have five clubs in the Champions League from Germany. Uh, then, correct, you would have, uh, especially since uh, Freiburg and Leipzig uh, would own uh, the, you know, would be finishing in the top five, securing what 
and remember fifth place is the uh, Europa League. So Cologne will go to the Europa League and Union. Would, I think how it works is Union would go into the conference. I think there would just be, you know, the Cologne just and one, Union one would go down. into those right. guys. It would still just be seven. If it was Eintracht, uh, you know, fine. Uh, not, not trying to get ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> well, I was just thinking hypothetical because I'm looking at the table. It, that's like, all, only if I only way that the Bundesliga gets eight teams into UEFA competitions for next season is if Eintracht win the Europa League. Interesting. It, it's it's kind of weird that. how it goes. But if Leipzig were to win the Europa League and finish in fifth. I think that uh, cha- that uh, Europa League spot would then go into the the general pot of uh, available uh, Europa League positions, and yeah, not that it cor- not that, that it correlates, but it doesn't it doesn't less, it would have less. nothing to do with us, but it would mean that maybe like France gets an extra European uh, an extra Europa League position. Right, right. But I'm thinking kind of more odd. of like 2022 World Cup is happening. Bundesliga is looking good, which fusion means Germany's going to look pretty good. So that looks pretty good for me. But I'm yeah, not gonna and get at this myself. point in time, I will say that the top sevens. Pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, there's a five-point gap between Union and Hoffenheim. Uh, Hoffenheim, who I mentioned, lost uh, at the weekend. Union had a draw with Greuterfurth. It's funny how Greuterfurth like p- keeps on picking Those up Friday points long games. after it, long after like uh, their fate was sealed. Uh, but Union happens to take on Freiburg at the weekend, so that's kind of interesting and. I mean, I guess in the like Union's not out of the conversation of being able to move themselves up. I th- think them getting to fifth is at, might be out of the question. Uh, I mean, with three points between they them, need a lot of help. Exactly, yeah, since it's Leipzig, Leipzig they need a lot need of help. Armenia and Augsburg to you know pull off an upset, like Chris was mentioning. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Union Köln. They basically have locked themselves into uh, Europe, considering that it's Freiburg and Leipzig. They have Wolfsburg and Stuttgart. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. you don't—you never know. Like with Wolfsburg, I mean, they're out of the relegation uh, worry. They—they they can't get relegated now. They can't go into the playoff. Cone just—I mean—can basically just seal their European position by taking care of Wolfsburg now. That has to be done at home, and we might see the those folks just like rush the pitch for the kind of like they did when they last qualified for Europe. So that'd be kind of cool to watch. But like, um, if you're Cone, like Stuttgart's your final match, that would definitely not be a match that I would want to have to qualify for Europe because Stuttgart right now with them four points behind uh, Hertha and six behind Augsburg, they look locked. In at 16th place, which sucks, and yet they could still drop into 17th. Right, if, it's all about uh, the playoff Bielefeld, spot. Yeah, it's all, all about the playoff spot. Bielefeld, as you mentioned, has got uh, Leipzig on the final match day, and they play on Friday against Bochum, who at the weekend, big derby win over Bayfield Bay, and that win secured them. In the Bundesliga for the next season, which, you know, in theory, 
could have, you know, their own local rivals. Perfect time to switch down to the Zweite Liga. Um, with two matches to go, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, it's really just now, I would say, it's it's just the uh, top five, Nuremberg, uh, due to the results of the weekend, not defeating Awa. They had, uh, uh, excuse me, no, no, that's... Uh, Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, the St. Pauli is who I was thinking of that they drew with. My bad. Uh, them not getting a result there has dropped them out of the picture. Schalke winning, you know, Bremen doing what Bremen does and lose to a fellow Northern teams. Listen to Kiel. Uh, I meant to St. Pauli draw with Nuremberg and uh, Darmstadt and Hamburg both winning. I mean, it's going to be a fun finish, but I think, boys, that like even though Schalke has got the hardest run in, they're still so well-placed with two-point lead on Bremen and Darmstadt to go up. I'm thinking that Schalke has got possibly a third place already kind of reserved for themselves. Well, two points Schalke two really points. figured it out. I mean, they started off so slow. And they fired their coach recently, who's basically given them the huge bump. <laughs> it's hilarious. And, they, I mean, technically they play St. Pauli, so, I mean, not going to be easy. But Nuremberg, now that they've kind of bowed out, that looks just so much easier for those guys. Um, yeah, let's see. You got uh, Bremen takes on relegated Awa. I mean, that should be a slam dunk three points for them. Hamburg takes on a uh, Hanover that section noises, so that should be a slam dunk three points. Darmstadt, I mean they, I mean they might drop points to Dusseldorf. There's there's ever possibility of that. If you're Hamburg, you got to be thinking to yourselves like, hey, we've got like win out. We can at least then say, hey, we did what we could because they still have Rostock after that. It's well, gonna, Schalke, it's gonna, it's gonna go to late down to the last two against Sandhausen. I mean, if they if they tied that game, we'd have a three way tie for first right now. Oh yeah, that would have been scored the ninety first minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so much fun. The second division, uh, it's a little bit more fun than here. To be fair, because you know when you got. I mean, to be fair, with uh, yeah, I'm making fun of the Bundesliga a little bit, considering uh, Bayern has just won their tenth title in a row. Which, to be fair, as an organization, that's still quite incredible. incredible. Yeah. It's quite incredible, and you got to get kudos for that. But when you are Schalke and you buy the guy who's going to win the Tor Schuster Canon for the second division in Simon Toroda, it's kind of like you know, if you're not finishing top three, what the hell are you doing? He's got, Nothing. I mean, and in case anyone was wondering, he's got 27 goals this season. Seven more than the second best. Patrick Schick, right? Because he just overtook Holland. No, 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 in the, in the Svitalia. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> I thought you were my first one. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's seven, seven goals behind Lewandowski, but yeah, Toroda has scored five more goals than Patrick Schick after Patrick Schick uh, put in one against us, so. <sighs> How many does he have on the year? Uh, Toroda has got 27. Ingolstadt, as a group, has 28. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. How many does Goethe Fürth have? 
Gosh. Look. Not not enough. Twenty six. Jesus. <laughs> Tw- and twenty five for Belafelt. Goodness. All right, we're talking about. I know it's the lower division stuff, but this is just fun to kind of chuckle at because. I mean, second, so at the end of the day, the first Bundesliga. The yeah, there's, it's, it's, always it's, it's so much fun to kind of notice because we can all agree that going through any of the top five, any of those clubs will bring cachet to the Bundesliga that a Bielefeld and a Greuther Firth, no disrespect, but just does not bring. And if... Like, say Stuttgart did slip down into 17th without a shadow of a doubt. Bielefeld versus, honestly, any of the current, any of the top five in the Zweite Liga, I would put money on to go up against a Bielefeld. Now, is that kind of mean hearted? A little bit, but Bielefeld is just that bad. And they fire it uh, like almost. We didn't even. I didn't even notice it until like a month later. But that Bielefeld fired the coach that uh, kind of led them to safety last season. Didn't even freaking come on my radar. Mm. Didn't know that they haven't been on my radar since the week we played them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the thing was, you would have thought that they would have that they had done enough to survive. Nope, not the case. So. If you can't score goals, you cannot survive. Facts. It's just very simple. You're going to get scored on when you're not a great team. I mean, even us as a mid-table team, we're going to get scored on, but we figure out a way to get a few, and that's why we're mid-table versus lower table. Yep. Such is life of the uh, second division. So there you go. Uh, yeah, we've talked enough about uh, Eintracht versus Leverkusen and the lower divisions of Germany. So we're going to move on to hashtag what are we drinking? Uh, Chris, I'm going to let you go first. All right. I don't I don't have a good can pop today because I'm drinking a tall boy. There you and go. so there's only one. But uh, we'll have Nathan throw only one, one. post production editing. We drink. Well, I had one while I was doing emergency house maintenance, too. So technically, I've had two for the day. But uh, today I'm drinking the OP, the original Pilsner, uh, Pilsner Urquell from Pilsen in. The Czech Republic, uh, I lived about 90 minutes from there in Ger- on the German side of the border. Pilsner Urquell is the most perfect Pilsner. Literally, they invented it. It better be the best. They set the standard, but really cool brewery. If you ever get a chance to go to Pilsen, check it out. Um, stateside, you can find it pretty much anywhere, but if you can find one of the unfiltered ones, it is the nectar of the beer gods. It is fantastic. How does that compare to it on tap? Uh, it depends where you drink it on tap. Uh, American bars tend to chill their beer way too cold. Anywhere that brags about their you know 34-degree beer taps, they're idiots because beer should be served at different temps, mm-hmm. depending on how it's made. I'm not the brewmaster. Nathan's probably at home like <laughs> banging his head on his keyboard, but... Um, no, not, not all beer is made equal. It should not all be served the same. 
And so, you know, if I have it at this place and Matt has it at that place, his is at 32 degrees, mine's at, you know, 41, it's going to taste totally different. But I may die. Um, I, I don't mind it on tap. I, I, I don't mind it in the can. <laughs> uh, may, hopefully not before you put in your bit for hashtag what are we drinking? Yeah, well, I'm keeping it simple. I'm drinking a rum and coke tonight, boys. Um, don't know how trash that is of me. It's, it's it's a Wednesday or sorry, it's a Tuesday. Yikes! That just tells you how my week's been going. Um, but yeah, you're the kid of the group. You you should be living on rum and coke right now, <laughs> I, or just I, rum straight. It's unbelievable because on <laughs> Saturday we went to this uh, bar, or it was like more of a yeah, it was a bar. Um, they had this IPA. It was a six point eight called like a Peak Skill something IPA ended up having eight of them. So that was a fun bill to pay to, uh, you know, fun bill to pay financially and, you know, mentally. (laughs) I have two IPAs right now. I'm down for the count. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you'll figure out. I had to to stay up for bowling that night too, but I, uh, yeah, eight IPAs wouldn't recommend, would not recommend. Come on. I've seen, I've seen you put them away. (laughs) <laughs> I know I can. I'm, I just don't recommend doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I am still on the Maybach, uh, being drunk in my Eintracht Maskrug, uh, which does look very good on the shelf. Got the nice old school logo to boot. And, uh, yeah, been quaffing that down. Goes well. I kind of make, uh, actually, the way that it kind of tastes, it reminds me a little bit of uh, that Jack Dempsey's uh, Amber, whatever it was, that uh, we were drinking in New York. That was good stuff. That was good stuff, indeed. Like, I was not expecting that to be. I was just like, eh, you know, went around, try it out. Not bad. So. Yeah, I had a. I was thinking of going that direction last Thursday. Um, I'll be <laughs> up there again this Thursday. But boom, boom. I, I had, I, I would have had too many, and I would have. I kind of want to rem- remember the game, so I kind of stuck to Stella, which I will be doing that again this week. All right. Or I think that, I think uh, Jack Dempsey's, if memory serves, uh, uh, Stella is one of the tabs that they have at the bar. So correct. Oh, yeah. There you go. You should be good. Uh, just make sure that you're in a good ventilated area, you know, because... Uh, oh, we're upstairs. Don't you worry. We have a whole space. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> upstairs part's the fun part, folks. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you are... Well, which kind of leads us great to uh, drinking and uh, watching the Eintracht. Uh, when it does come down to watching the Eintracht in New York City this Thursday as the Eintracht takes on West Ham, go to Jack Dempsey's. Uh, if you're wondering well, where the hell is that, find the Empire State Building, then look across uh, the street, uh, across West 33rd Street, that is. And uh, yeah, look for Big Tom and Matt. Big Tom is going to stick out like a sore thumb, though. A little he's bit more so. Huge. He's tall. Guys, that picture. Your that picture, yeah. That, did you see that picture that he posted of me or of us, rather? Did I look small? Yes. I'm small. You're I showed my mom. She was just dying. I was just like, "Yeah, mom, you have a small kid." <laughs> nah, that oh, was fun. It's a great time up there. Yeah, and of course you'll find me at Kansas City Beer Company. 
no better place to watch the Bundesliga or any other soccer for that matter than KC Beer Company in Kansas City. So that's going to wrap it up for segment one. We'll be back with segment two, talking all things Eintracht, Europa, Pokal. So stay with. And we are back to <sighs> boys. It's time. It's what this podcast was all about. Eintracht versus West Ham. Eintracht Europa Pokal, Europa League semifinal leg two. It feels a little weird because a couple years ago we were talking about another semifinal. Now that was a one-one home draw against Chelsea. Uh, I will point out that. There are a number of players on that Chelsea roster that ended up being on the Chelsea roster that ended up winning the 2021 uh, Champions League crown. This West Ham team, I don't really see them developing into a Champions League or winner at that. So, But not to say that they are not dangerous. So at the weekend, I did bother to... Uh, did bother to pay attention to West Ham versus uh, Arsenal London and uh, yeah, they did use more of their they did use more of their starting lineup against West Ham. Uh, West Ham did against Arsenal in their match uh, at the same London stand that we had just played in. Arsenal uh, came away with uh, winners, like solidifying their position within uh, the English Premier League in fourth place at this point. Uh, West Ham. Well, I mean, West Ham really was just kind of. Well, on the outside, looking in when it did come to uh, qualification to uh, the Champions League, even though they still have three matches, league matches to go, the best that they can do is basically join the competition that uh, Tottenham Hotspur got bounced out of in the group phase. And uh, uh, who's playing in it now? Uh, The team from the Europa League, uh, Leicester City, that dropped down uh, from the Europa League to play in the uh, uh, Europa Conference League is currently in the semifinals of that competition. But for, if you're West Ham, those folks are riding high on this. And, uh, yeah, it looked like they shot their kind of last bullet that they think that they have left to play uh, to kind of move themselves up into at least getting that uh, Europa League competition for next season. Uh, just kind of run down the lineup that they came out with. Uh, ben Raham, uh, who was kind of that firecracker of the second half. Unbelievable. Lanzini was also on the pitch. Bowen, uh, Declan Rice, uh, Zuma, Cresswell. I mean, about a half and half, half, uh, half the team resting. Half uh, the team was uh, kind of going full full pelt at this one. Uh, much different way of going about it than we did. Uh, the stats won't lie that uh, West Ham really was... I mean, the, they tried to push Arsenal. They just couldn't. And, you know, now, you're, now you have this scenario where, you know, this is all or nothing for these guys. But... They haven't been in this position before. They haven't been in this position before. This is their first time in any sort of cup semifinal. And like, well, at least at the domestic level, I think in like over a decade. And 
when it comes to Europe, oof, uh, the last time that they were in this position was when we played them in the semifinals of the Cup Winners' Cup in the 75, 76, somewhere in there. It's the been a minute. Is, now they're really. Interesting. I wonder why they're really might. hurting themselves in the league too. Yeah. Um, they keep falling in the league. They're sitting down at what seven right now in that conference spot, but they got Wolves with a game in hand right on their tail. And I think they still have Man City left. Last I looked it up. Um, so it's not like they have an easy run in the yep, league. Either. That is correct. And I mean, they do have. They're going to run out their whole roster. They have one cupcake. That's it. You know, already around Norwich, team. right? Uh, yeah, or which? Yeah, no. Um, but they're they're in a tough position where we know what we have to do. They're kind of stuck in the middle, you know. Do they shoot for that Europa League, which is uh, probably out of hand? Uh, that Conference League would be an underachievement for them. All their eggs are in the same basket, but they also have to look at trying to keep any foot in Europe too. That's not a good spot. Yeah, it's interesting how they didn't how did they didn't start Michael Antonio against Arsenal because in my mind because I was watching the game as well. My mind, I was thinking like shit, like they are going all in on Thursday. Whether that's you know maybe having you know uh, Chris Dawson back into their back line, um, whether it's you know maybe even Fornals having starting over Ben Rama again, which I doubt. Or sorry, Fornals started against uh, Arsenal, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, Mark Noble, excuse me, that's who I was thinking of. Um, you know, Mark Noble even starting against us just to put in that experience. But I don't see, you know, Thomas Suchek being on the bench because he's such an efficient player or such an effective player as well. Um, I mean, it's it. this game was on the best side of West Ham because Arsenal won 2-1 because they had two of their center back score. You know, one off a great corner kick and the other one I think was a flick off. Um, I started dozing off. I was napping between one of the goals, to be quite honest. But either way, you know, having two center backs being your, you know, game winners to the game is, you know, not really that great of a sign. So it definitely looks better on West Ham's side of things. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's there. I don't know how, cause I'm looking at the stats now. Um, when they played against Leon in the second, um, you know, in the first, first leg in the second leg. And, you know, Leon was, dominating against West Ham in the first leg at home. You know, 72% possession, game was 1-1. You know, uh, Leon had about 23 shots as well. Pretty pretty dominating stats. And they had the exact same lineup as they did against us in the first leg. Then you do in the second leg here where West Ham wins 3-0, they still had 32% possession, uh, but they still got like six shots off, which just tells me, you know, they're kind of the counterattacking team, um, again, on the away side of things. So... We, and they had the exact same lineup. So it's pretty much two different kind of teams, essentially, um, that we're, that we're going to be, that we're seeing right now. You know, we found, found a, a very kind of reserved West Ham where they literally only had kind of like five shots against Leon. Um, but, and where compared to us, they had what? Six? Oh, 15. All right. Now I'm talking on my ass. Cause <laughs> I, <laughs> cause now all my stats are screwed up, but like they're two different teams. You know, they, 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 they could still not like look great, but when they have their chances, I'll definitely take them. And we just have to make sure that, you know, Kevin Chop continues to do what he does alongside with, you know, Indica, Hinterrega and Tuda because Indica is going to be back in form because that game against Leverkusen, he looked pretty good. Um, if anything, he was our most outstanding player of that game. Um, and then, you know, Hinty coming back off of fresh legs, that's going to be a nice, you know, not nice for him, nice for us to watch him too, because we'll start kind of run like a quote unquote slowest gazelle in the world, um, just because we'll spring back like around. So we'll see. 
Yep. Chris. All right. <laughs> I'm going to give some historical stats because Matt, Matt did great with the in the moment stuff. Let me give you the historical numbers. Mm-hmm. They mean absolutely nothing, but they make me feel good. <laughs> uh, we've progressed. Frankfurt, that is, has progressed 22 of 25 two-legged affairs in major European competitions when winning the first leg. We are undefeated six out of six when the second leg is played at home. Mm. Um, run defeated period, history. right? <laughs> yeah, we're uh, undefeated period in this competition. Like at home. Yeah. 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 Uh, in their history as a professional club, Eintracht Frankfurt has only lost one semifinal match when playing at home. What the hell was that? Uh, 12, 12 semifinals played at home, 9-1, 2 drawn. We lost uh, 3-0 to Leverkusen in the Pokal in 92-93. Oh, so semifinals are a pretty good thing for us. How many semifinals, semifinals have we played? Since then? Are a great thing for us. Uh, Chelsea being the recent one, not so great, but you know, technically that was a draw. Yeah, that was a that draw. Doesn't count as a loss. Nope. But my point to this being, um, do you do you wait? Well, we don't have a lot of trophies. While we don't have a lot of trophies on the shelf, we have a lot of history to bank on, and there's a lot of pride. You're going to have a hard time finding a club with the loyal following that Frankfurt has and such an empty trophy case with as much pride uh, that we're going to bring on Thursday. And I'm so excited for this. This might be the biggest match I've ever watched. I know I've seen the cup finals the last few years. Um, I remember Chelsea a couple years ago. But for me, with everything going on, all the questions financially in the club, going through COVID and, and seeing our fans just go crazy traveling the last few weeks, this to me is defining for our future. If we win this, if we go to a cup final, it changes the trajectory. It changes the expectations for Glasner and, and Croatia and their system going forward. This match is so big in, in so many different levels. And with a one goal advantage starting things out, I have a hard time believing that we're going to blow it. I agree. I have nothing to add tactically. <laughs> but I agree. But I do. I, for, for how many times I've placed faith in this club and had my heart broken over 28 years now. And, and I know we all have those stories where we just sat there in disbelief. I am going to put my money where my mouth is. This will not be another one of those occurrences. I definitely agree with you. We're definitely going to win this game through and throughout. You know, before I say something positive, I want to say something negative first so I could damper the mood <laughs> and then brighten it back up. Balance later. it out. And I definitely, yeah, exactly. Yin and yang here. Um, we're going to get scored on. We're not having a clean yeah. sheet. It's, it's going to happen. And the beauty of that is where we have advantages. We have two great advantages to that fairly big disadvantage, which, like I said, yin and yang. Um, well, technically two and a half. Um, the fans, the 12th man, they're going to bring us way up there. They're going to push us through the whole, whole spiel. You know, we haven't had a 90th minute win in a very, very long time. You know, where there was a streak where we ended up having like, you know, three or four back to back winners by Paciencia or, um, Kostic. 
you know, if anything, you know, if it's a tie game in terms of aggregate, we're going to get 90th, going to get the 90th minute. We're not going to extra time, which is like that, that two and a half points. And then just being at home, you know, ha- ha- being that just such a solid, like, Europa team, you know, it's, we're, we're gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna win this game. We're just gonna win this game. I just, I just want everybody to be warned. We're gonna get scored on. It's gonna happen. We do not keep clean sheets as much as I wanted us to keep clean sheets. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. It just won't. You know, my biggest concern more than anything in the world is allowing an early goal. That's the point at which I'll start to turn a little bit sour. Um, we, we're going to allow a goal. We can allow a goal. We can even allow the first goal. But we cannot allow it in the first 15 minutes while we're trying to get into the flow of the game. We've been really good with hot starts for basically the last three or four months now. We've had hot starts, but to give up a goal uh, would be an emotional killer. I don't- Not for those in the stadium. But I really get concerned if we allow one early, if we can recover. I don't know. I, I would disagree with you on that because I feel like there's sometimes where we have, you know, an early goal scored on us. And I feel like half the team just looks relieved where they're just like, all right, you know, first one's done. Like now we have like 89 minutes to score another one to tie this thing, you know, because we don't. But it's it, hard for us to concede two goals. Obviously, it's a bad example with Union and Bayer Leverkusen recently. Um, and obviously Barcelona, but that's a whole different animal. But I definitely understand your point. It's just like, you know, you don't want to have that, you know, bad kind of like juju in the first couple of minutes or so, even though we are such a strong team. I just, I just feel like it's, I would just, I, as a fan, I would be relieved to be like, all right, there's one. It's over with. Let's move on. You know, it is one thing to give up an early goal to say Bielefeld or Hertha or Augsburg, but that's a different quality. You know, I, this is a this is a team that's accustomed to playing big matches with a lot on the line, and I feel like if we give them that one early and let them settle in, that'll be a little more uh, painful for us to recover from. Not that we can't, but it would be a little more work to put in. Uh, the other part is too. I want to have a little bit of a cushion late. I'm not forgetting the fact that against Barcelona, even though there was a, a shit referee involved with that that we did allow some late goals and not that that's going to be a trend, but something we have to look out for just the, the size of the moment getting to us a little bit ahead of the whistle. But just to, just to disprove my point a little bit more uh, to you, Chris is, you know, big part of that reason why we won that Barcelona game is because we got that early, early, early penalty. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The, part of the reason we won uh, the first leg, is because we scored that one very early. Right. Exactly. Brian? We <laughs> also got some... Sorry, one more. We got... I, I, I have, Brian, I have a Brian. That's why I'm just like, what are your thoughts, Brian? <laughs> one more. La- last one. We got a lot of help from the woodwork in the first, uh, the first leg of this one. I'm not going to bank on it being so friendly the second time around. Let's not tempt Well, the karma is evened out. With Kamada's, yeah, with Kamada's pose, he hit one. They hit, they three. hit three or four. Yeah, but that was okay, yeah. I guess. I mean, you have, yeah. And one would have been the greatest shot in the history of the Europa. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I have a point. But technically, it wasn't one of those, uh, one of those post shots, a fingertip save by Kevin Trapp that p- was pushed onto the post. So can that really be counted? Toe save, yes. Well, then if we... It still counts. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if we count that, we can't count his foot save on Bowen. Mm-hmm. 
I look at it from the standpoint that uh, Eintracht wants to right the wrongs. We want to proceed against a West Ham. Unlike 75, 76, when that was not the case. There have been very few times that Eintracht has ever been defeated in knockout stage at home. Most recently, everyone can remember Basel. Regrettable, but that was a that was a that, that was a play behind closed doors, and everyone was like, "What is this?" And we got punched, and blocked oh, out. We didn't freaking recover. Other times beforehand was against uh, Dino El Moscow in the uh, UEFA Cup. Didn't end up working out. Worked out just fine for us because we ended up beating them in Russia. But you know, uh, hey. Uh, enough said about anything Russian on this podcast. We stand with Ukraine, in case anyone has forgotten that. You know, we did the same. We fell to Ghent, got knocked out then. You have to go all the way back to Dinamo Kiev. Again, we stand with Ukraine, the 74, 75 UEFA Cup Winners' Cup. All these other times that we were participating, and this is pre group stage being a part of the UEFA Cup, now the Europa League or the Champions League, because we've only played in that one time where we went to the final, just happened to lose in that one. When it does come down to us playing at home, the fans come up, they come loud, they're loud, and and just a huge force to be reckoned with. When we defeated Salzburg in uh, 1920, we were really kind of not really that good of, of a side at that moment in time. We were building towards uh, a good 2021 team. We took care of business for against a team that, if you look at it, lots of Champions League experience playing in a different league than the Eintracht. Go back to the 1819 season, Donetsk, Inter Milan, Benfica, Chelsea. None of those that we none of those teams that we lost to uh, that I just mentioned there, all teams coming down from Champions League quality to play with the Eintracht. So far we've had uh, Betis. Uh, that was a uh, in this new kind of format, you know. We by winning our group, we got to the round of 16 automatically. Got Betis, who finished in second place in their group, got a Champions League descendant in Barcelona, and we were able to take it to them just fine. And we honestly thought that we could have had more. When this team plays at home, they are incensed. And even when we're being pushed by a very good team, and I will say that Real Betis was a lot better than anyone gave credit to. We still held our own at home, all fought together as a squad. Now, there's some, at this point, I'm looking at the team and thinking to myself, okay, so let's look at our entries. Uh, You know, Hinteregger, there's a chance that he might not be fully match fit. So we have to think that, you know, if he's out, you got Indica, you got Tuta. Thank God Indica is back because we, uh, you know, uh, Torre wasn't so bad. So I would think that you could have, and the question then would be, where does Torre go if he has to go in for Hintricker? I would think that Indica would probably left move. side. Yeah, I or think. Or no, that, I'm sorry. Or Tuta Bill goes central and Torre goes on the right side. I can see Tuta handling the middle just fine. Exactly. He's kind of shown that he can play up to it 
and Indika just thrives where he is as the uh, left central defender of our pairing three. So going to the center, Tory on the right. So he doesn't look as out of place as he did at times against West Ham, which was a little bit on the ugly side. The left-footed player on the left side. Let's just do that. (laughs) Yeah. We got obviously we've got Knauf and Yakik on both sides of the pitch in terms of providing our width, but we've seen Yakik and So move together as one, and boy howdy, is or that Rhoda. something uh, that is great? I think Rhoda is just going to be sitting on the bench, just kind of waiting for his moment to possibly come off. But Yakik and uh, Yakik being available to play again in the Europa League, his ban being served. I think it's going to be Yakik and So playing through the middle. Um, here's the question. Lammer, uh, not Lammers, excuse me. Lindstrom looks definitely to be out unless we get lucky. Um, who's best pairing with Kamada? I mean, I would like Petta Hauga to have his chance, but I actually think that it is going to be possibly Hrustic that might be pushed up there. Yes, I, will I was let... hoping you were going to say that. God. Okay, <laughs> that you know would what? be awesome. Got... You know it would be awesome if he was up there, like just kind of be like that center attacking mid alongside Kamada, and then having So and Bianca to the back. I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that. You know what? You're going to wait if a little longer. There, you know we're going to get Chris, some. Go ahead. <laughs> no, if, if, if Rustich pushes up there. Good things are going to happen. We've seen him score some crazy shit when he pushes forward or or at least create opportunities. He's a creator, not a finisher, even though he does it in weird ways. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a creator, and I would love to see him push forward. Here's the thing, though. Realistically, what I think is going to happen is if Lindstrom is uh, 100% out, I see us moving Knauf up there, and then, if anything, putting Timmy to Chandler um, on the right side. Um, which I is a little scary to me because I'd rather have the cost up there just because of pace situations. Cause I don't know whether Antonio's going to be on that left side or Bowen's going to be a left side. Either way, those are pacey fuckers that Timothy Chandler can't keep up with. But <laughs> I, I totally, I totally see, you know, what's, okay. his, what's his face? Well, that being yeah. said, you know what? If, if we push Knauf further afield, because we already have <laughs> come to the conclusion that certain people are very persona non grata. Uh, yes, I'm talking about Barcock, because that was a position where he would be able to, you know, fill in. I think everyone has agreed that uh, Hauga is that, you know, that uh, big, strong guy that we need coming off the bench to be able to provide those, you know, 60 to onward minutes where the defenses might be getting a little tired and you got a fresh leg and a no, let's put it this way. A much bigger body that can be then used to push up against uh, the West Ham defense. Uh, I guess I would want to almost see if, you know, uh, Knauf is pushed up to play up with uh, Kamada is, you know, is putting... And this is only if Hinti starts the match, have Torre out on the right. What do you guys think of that? Yeah. I think that's tinkering a little too much, though. I don't... I mean, Tori's played that position before. In Plenty the of times, ago. and look good. But... He just wouldn't be an attacking force, which is fine with me in this situation if yeah. we're going to... If we're up 2-1, you know? If we're if it, it was a tight game on aggregate, you know, I would be a little hesitant to put Amari Tori up there. But if Hinty plays, I, I'd put Tori right up there. Yeah, I have no problem with that. That's a good point. 
I just don't want to get beat on a <laughs> counter. I don't want to get beat with, you know, trying to push guys forward, get too creative. And then Tori's like, oh shit, I'm actually supposed to be back there. And then we get countered. Yeah, it's, it'd be more like a fake back three, you know, it'd be a, 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 like a, a hidden back four, a false back four, as, as they would call it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, it's, I swear to God, it's times like this that I almost wish that Cursed Lens wasn't made of glass. Because running a back four against West Ham, which is how they've been running, uh, would almost be great in terms of giving us uh, that mirrored depth, kind of being able to uh, take those guys on. I mean, obviously, Borde is, to me, probably the most key player on this pitch. Minus Kevin Trapp in terms of the key to victory. And here's why. his Like, when he gets the ball, what is he doing? He is holding it for maybe one, two seconds max, and then moving it out to the wing or immediately behind him, getting the attacking midfielders in play, bringing along everybody else. His And when he does turn around, sometimes if he's given the room, he launches absolute lasers that – Silence the Bernab- uh, the Camp Nou. But he's also not afraid of going one on one against the defenders. I mean, Boris oh, yeah. Boris definitely grown into the Bundesliga thing. I mean, it was a rough start, which obviously we all predicted. Um, and then you know things started co- popping off because he started realizing he has to kind of play that, but both like you know big striker where you lay it off to him and play it out wide, or also be that person you can send a through ball to. But you have to kind of be that person to check in a lot more so that you know defenders uh, are used to seeing that on film where they don't uh, see you pulling off a lot more, and then you take your chances by doing that. And he does that very very well. I mean, him and Kamada have that connection perfectly as well as Kostic. So. It's 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 amazing how he's like how quickly he's evolved into like our kind of game system and at the same time kind of compared to like, you know, the Bundesliga, even though it's been a rough Bundesliga season, but you know, transferring that into the into the Europa League because I re- I I'm a true I'm a true like believer that the Bundesliga is one is the strongest league in the world, better than the uh um, Premier League and the La Liga, obviously there's a little bit of bias into it, but I just, the, the kind of <laughs> style and play, the style and play the Bundesliga is, is a lot more effective than the La Liga or even Premier League. And Bore has done that well. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mic drop? <laughs> <laughs> At that point, well, yeah, well, let's go to it. Let's go to our predictions. All right. Chris? You have been selected for first. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Kitty pickup line all year. Kid pickup line. <laughs> all right. I will be in the kid pickup line, which has been so phenomenally friendly to us this year. I'm sticking with it. I'm still not sure about what to wear because I'm so fucking superstitious. I feel like I just got to keep wearing, even though I had. Like $300 in swag sent to me last week from the fan shop. Um, please put that money to good use, guys. I, I'm giving it to you. Spend it wisely, uh, preferably on a defender. But <laughs> um, anyway, about this game, I don't have a lot tactically. I'm not even going to care who's playing where. I'm going to be so emotionally wrapped up in the result. It, it's just going to be staring at that clock for 90-plus minutes. Um the last time two German teams were in the final, oh. 
of the UEFA Cup was 1980. <laughs> uh, the country has not had a lot of luck in that tournament since then. Um, but I think we pull it out for Jurgen Grupowski. His ghost will make an appearance in the Waldstadion. We will come out on top by a score of two to ni- no. I'm just kidding. Two to one. Uh, we're gonna You're win. such a tease. I hate you. You're, I hate you. I was about to get excited. I'm. Th- I, we're gonna do it two to one. I, I like it. I think I I can see us kind of winning this game three to one, or maybe even three to two with a nice little nail biter at the end. Uh, my official prediction is gonna be three to two, just because uh, if. I, even if Lindstrom or Hinteregger don't score, I think the emotions are really going to carry over and we're just going to play like superstars and we're just going to play like we're going to want it more and we are going to want it more because that's the kind of way we play and the fans are going to help us wanting it more. Uh, we're going to be helping it, wanting it more. Roman will be, in, Roman will be in the stadium cheering the Eintracht on. Oh my God, Roman! You better like lucky, put, like, lucky shit. In your, I did yeah, not get chosen for the. I did not get chosen for uh, the. Uh, the members raffle. Uh, some other people have more luck than I. <laughs> how many? How many were raffled off? Uh, quite a lot. I mean, you you didn't have like right to refusal, uh, but then you have to. You basically had like a very limited kind of time span. I think it was like a twelve hour window to basically make your purchase. Yeah. Uh, there were so apparently if there were. Uh, some new memberships that were bought by people who thought, oh, I'm just going to buy a membership and be able to get my uh, butt in there. No. Uh, you had to have a membership, I think, all dating back to tw- 2019. It- I'm just trying to buy a membership. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. That's a different different episode. Brian, what do you got for the game? I have a one-on-one draw, boys. We will go through. It will be nervy stuff. We'll actually go ahead in the match, putting the pressure in the first half, putting the pressure on West Ham. West Ham will finally crack the Eintracht defense and something like the 70-something minute, which will then make everyone start pissing their, well, not exactly pissing their pants, but they'll like see that goal go in and they'll be like, oh, just beat a little bit. I guess I'll hear a pregnant lady. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, I think what is key is just the Eintracht putting in a lockdown defense. I think what is eventually going to happen around about the 70-something minute before, if the Eintracht still has a lead within the match, Klausner is going to start thinking, okay, what do I want to do defensively that will long-term shut this match down now? And that will be keeping the wingers moving up, but it's going to be Borde and one attacking midfielder. He'll take uh, he'll take someone off, <laughs> uh, and Rhoda will come on, kind of like to give a Yakek so and and Rhoda uh, mid uh, kind of wall that uh, needs to be breached, and I won't. I mean. There, there's any chance that if uh, we need, like that, we see that we need that extra little bit of defense just to, just to lock everything down. That you know, both of our attack, attacking central midfielders 
will be taken off and uh yeah rhoda will come on and even at the death we'll see old man hasebe you know make an appearance perhaps i mean this is a big perhaps on the hasebe part but for us to properly lock down the match i'm gonna say that uh rhoda's gonna be Supped on uh, as the man who kind of brings the match to a close. And we will be moving on to our first European final since 1980. The first one-off European final since 1960. And if i got to be brutally honest, please let Glasgow Rangers defeat Leipzig. Because I really, really, really do not want to have to face up against Leipzig in a final because that suddenly puts so much pressure on us to be like, hey, uh, you are you have a traditional tradition on one side and you got plastic on the other. And suddenly you have everyone willing, you know, like all their hopes rest on you that this is why 50 plus one works. And also Glasgow Rangers seem like if we, you know, progressing to the final, Glasgow Rangers seem like a much easier opposition than Leipzig when it does come down to finals. But we can take care of that question when it comes down to it. So ways you can watch with your fellow Eintracht fans. So Chris is going to Chris has got work and to pick up a kid in New York City. Let's say it again, Matt. Where are you going to be? Jack Dempsey's baby, 33rd and West 33rd, right by the Empire State Building. Can't miss a big fat red side. Uh, Danny Coyles for the uh, S uh, for the San Francisco based Eagles is the meeting ground there. So join us us out there in the Bay Area. No, there will not be a Roman. Roman will be in the stadium, hopefully with you know one or two bits from the match itself talking about historical uh what should be as a historical night and of course Kansas City beer company at the home of the Bendisuga within in Kansas City and I would say the Midwest itself and yes I mean all the Midwest itself yet to see anything that uh tops that so you can join me there if you mention uh my prediction on the podcast that earns you a free beer so anyone in the Kansas City area meet me down there ways that you can watch the match itself in the United States. Let's go down through this since we have just a few moments left. Uh, that is going to be shown on Paramount Plus for uh, the uh, English language version. There's no uh, TV version of that. Sorry, folks. Uh, but the more enjoyable part is you do have a TV option. If you are okay with Spanish, that is going to be on T U D N. Uh, you might know it as previously being uh, Univision uh, Deportes. That got changed uh, a couple of years back, if memory serves. And yeah, that's where you can watch it for our uh, Eintracht fans out here. D-A-Z-N. I last check had it in Canada. And yeah, that's going to and in the UK, BT Sport. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Matt, where can we find you on the social media? Find me on Twitter on WAGMA underscore. Chris, where can you be found on Twitter? All the socials at CNTheD313. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPON. Follow the show on Facebook. That is Facebook.com slash HEFPON. Uh, email is Hey, Andre Frankfurt at 
gmail.com and the Instagram. Hey, I'm Tracked Frankfurt. All right, folks. It's time. Get loud. Cheer on your Eintracht. And, uh, yeah, that's all from us. So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back with another episode recapping Eintracht versus West Ham. So in the meantime, cheers. Fuck West Ham. Oh, boys. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mic drop? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm a fan, so I'm a la 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 la.